Let's just pray for the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit in a special way, that I may be anointed with that Spirit and share what is what you have impressed upon my heart. And may this day bring us closer to you than ever before, that we may find the Spirit and power of Jesus. And so may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, O Lord, as Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Some of you may think that today I will address the fathers. I could address the mothers. But today I'd like to address the whole family. Because each one of us needs the power of Jesus. And so I chose the nice story, Mark 4. The storm on the Sea of Galilee. You find this in Matthew 8, 23 to 27. Mark 4, 35 to 41. And Luke 8, 22 to 25. And there are many, many lessons that we can get out of this. And specifically, I would like you to focus on Jesus' disciples' experience. And not only his experience, but we can see here this morning that the disciples' experience is very close to the experience of each one of us. What is it for an experience? It's a study of revival, a survival experience, and we all struggle with that. Then, their strength and their skills avail nothing. They go really down, down, down. They are about to sink. And now they felt their need of Jesus. If nothing else works, Jesus may work. They call Master, Master. And Jesus was laying asleep, undisturbed. How is it possible for Jesus? In this rough weather, the boat is about to sink, and he is sleeping. Oh, we can say yes, of course. You know, he is, he is a special person. He is God. And so Jesus can do it, but what about us? The disciples said, Lord, save us. We perish. And then Jesus stands up and speaks to the angry sea, be still. Now, why was Jesus in perfect peace? It's a good question. I suggest all that, you know, he is God. He is supernatural. No problem with him. But for us, <clears throat> however, the spirit of prophecy has an interesting comment that I didn't think about. He rested not in possession of the almighty power. It was not as the master of earth and sea and sky that he reposed in quietness. 
<coughs> now, why not? Remember, when Jesus came to the earth, he had laid down this power. And he says, I of my own self can do nothing. John 5.30 He trusted in his father's might, but not in himself. It was in faith. Faith in God's love and care that Jesus rested and the power of that word which stilled the storm was the power of God. Desire of Ages 3.36 See, it was in faith that Jesus reached out. How can now Jesus' experience be ours? You know, frequently say, yeah, Jesus is different and whatever. And yes, yes, he was just like us, but it just doesn't click like this because we are so different and we fail so many times. So this morning, I like to reflect upon how Jesus' experience can be yours and mine. Jesus rested by faith in the Father's care. And so we are to rest in the care of our Savior. You get the point? Jesus' faith. If the disciples had trusted in him, they would have been kept in peace. Their fear in the time of danger revealed their unbelief. In their efforts to save themselves, they forgot Jesus. And it was only when in despair of self-dependence they turned to him and that he could give them help. But only when nothing else help helps, they turned. And isn't it frequently with us? We try to use any means. And finally, yes, we get it. These out of ages, 336. Now, the stilling of the storm. How does it work? Ellen White says there is a spiritual lesson in this miracle of the stilling of the tempest. Every man's experience testifies to the truth of the word of Scripture. The wicked are like troubled sea. The wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest. There is no peace, says my God, to the wicked. Isaiah 57, 20 and 21. There is no peace with the sinner. Think about your own experience. How does it work? Do you have the perfect peace? Or are you stimulated by all kinds of other thoughts? Sin has destroyed our peace. And while self is unsubdued, we can find no rest. You agree with that? You agree with that? 
you will never have the rest. Never, ever. When self is unsubdued. And so now, how are we going to take care of self? Because that is the answer. The masterful passions of the heart, no human power can control. We are as helpless here as were the disciples to quiet the raging storm. We can't do it. So how are we going to do it? Why is often the disciples' experience ours? We try everything possible and we fail. When we battle with storm alone, forgetting that there is one who can help us, we trust to our own strength till our hope is lost and we are ready to perish. And I know there are several here in this congregation that have that experience. They've tried everything else. And their willpower is like ropes of sand. Then we remember Jesus. And if you call upon him to save us, we shall not cry in vain. You believe that? Amen. But we have to cry out. Yeah, but you know, I'm a man. I'm strong and whatever. Have you ever cried out? Shed tears in your prayers to Jesus. Ah, you know, I can't do it. I mean, you know, I'm a man or I'm a woman. No, friends. Cry out without reservation and he will answer you. You believe that? Amen. But he who spoke peace to the billows of Galilee, has spoken the word of peace for every soul. However fears the tempest, those who turn to Jesus with the cry, Lord, save us, will find deliverance. And yet I'm sure that there are here some in the congregation that says, that sounds beautiful. That sounds marvelous. But it has not worked for me. And if you continue in that vein of thought, salvation will never be your experience. Because you're already given up. Whether on the land or on the sea, if we have the Savior in our hearts, there is no need of fear. Amen. Now, this is not unconditional. What is the condition? If we have the Savior in our heart. And the question is, do you have the Savior in your heart? If not, you will fearful. You know, it's amazing with the political arena that is going on around us in this country and in Europe and everywhere. How many of us I have heard express fear, what will the future hold? But here it says you will not have any fear. Amen. No fear if Jesus is in your heart. Living faith in the Redeemer will smooth the sea of life and will deliver us from the danger in the way that he knows to be the best. He knows to be the best. But what is here the condition? 
You will never have this experience if you have dead faith. It needs to have a living faith. Now, what is a living faith? Not a dead faith. Obvious. But a living faith is a faith with action. A faith that responds to whatever takes place. And you can call upon the Lord. It life, it is vibrant. And it is a faith in the Redeemer. I can trust him no matter what. No matter what my addiction is. It is alcohol, tobacco, sex, all kinds of evil desires. Friends, it didn't help. No matter what it is, you will find redemption. How to calm the strife of human passion. His grace that reconciles the soul to God quiets the strife of human passion and in his love the heart is at rest. Where? At rest. You really believe this? Praise the Lord, brother. But we should have an amen, amen. in the whole church. It's very, very important because there is strife in human passion. Every one of us has this strife. It's there. And how to get rid of it? Yes, friends, his grace. And grace is not simply forgiveness. And next week again, forgiveness and forgiveness and forgiveness. No, it gives you power. You see? Many of us have not the power of grace. So in other words, if we have the power, we don't need to continue to sin every day. Yes, friends. He, Christ, makes the storm to calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them into the desired haven. Psalm 107, 29 and 30. You know, I mean, here are some of the marvelous promises. And do we believe that, friends? How to calm the strife? Here it is, very good. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, what is justification? Luther has to wrestle with this for many, many years. Justification by faith alone. Justification by faith. What is justification? You are proclaimed what? Just. Just. Isn't it marvelous that God can proclaim us just? And how can he do it? By faith. Now, when you look at yourself, you said, you know, faith, that is marvelous. It's marvelous, but I don't have it. And my faith is like ropes of sand. Let us look at faith. What faith? You know, we can access Jesus' faith. The, the, the marvelous 
marvelous blessing of the three angels' messages. Here at day they keep the commandments of God and what? They have the faith. My faith? Faith of Jesus. But at the same time, you need to have faith in Jesus. Otherwise, you never get it. So there is no conflict between the two, but they have to work together. And if they work together, we are justified. We are proclaimed just. And then we have the righteousness of Christ. Isn't it marvelous? The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. Romans 5 verse 1 and Isaiah 32 verse 17. Now, if we are justified by faith, we are clean. We have a clean shade. And then, the work of righteousness in our heart will bring what? Peace. And then you go one step further. And the effect of that righteousness, what will that bring? Quietness. And finally, the assurance. Here is something marvelous. How can we have the assurance? I don't have the assurance. Here. What about the righteousness of Christ? If you are justified by faith, then righteousness takes over in your life, friends. And then the result will be quietness. Quietness. And as a result of this quietness, you have the assurance. What does the scripture say? He who has the Son, what? Has life. And he who has Son has not life. So you can see here how important it is. It is assurance. You can believe this. You believe that? Oh, friends, the Lord offers us all this free by accepting his faith, having faith in what he is doing, and then you have the assurance. And I say, you know, I don't have the assurance because of my sin, my sin, my sin. What do you have to do with the sin? Go to Jesus. Do you have, is there anybody here who has a tempestuous temper? Anybody? Oh, I see one. I see another one. Two, three, four. Praise the Lord, at least. I'm not speaking to the choir. But I speak to someone who, who needs it. And once upon a time, you wouldn't even recognize me because of my temper. But the Lord has made a change. Praise the Lord. Some have stormy tempers. But he who calms the stormy sea of Galilee will say to the troubled heart, Peace, be still. Isn't it marvelous? There is no nature so rebellious that Christ cannot subdue it. No temper so stormy that he cannot quiet if the heart is surrendered to his keeping. Heavenly places 17. You see here the condition? Christ can do everything in your life. Everything, no matter how wicked it is, how stormy it is. 
if you are willing to surrender. See the point? If you are not willing to surrender, and anybody who says, I can't do it, I can't do it, they have missed the boat. They have missed the surrender. Here it is, very simple. And this is for fathers, mothers, children, for everybody in the family. Are we willing to let go? It says, Lord, I've tried it time and time again, and I can't do it. I give up. But now I give, me, give myself to you. He who commits his soul to Jesus need not despond. We have an all-powerful Savior looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our, your faith. You can say, God is our refuge and strength a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we leave fear, though the earth be removed, though the mountains be calmed, carried into the midst of the sea. Psalm 46, verse 1 and 2. Marvelous, marvelous. God is a refuge of strength. You don't fear, even if the earthquakes and, 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 and tremendous upheavals take place. You are in safe hands. Now, what is our only safety? Complete subjection through Christ to the will of God is our only safety. So what? A total subjection. The selfish thoughts and impulses that sweep through the soul, producing discordant notes, can be sep separated from the life only as the whole being is under control of Christ. Can we make this total subjection? Can we make this total commitment? You know, here is something interesting. I have, I know a few of my friends. They're marvelous, smart, handsome individuals. I met them in the seminary many years ago. They dated around because they were looking for the ideal woman. And I was looking also for the ideal woman. Now finally I got her. But they didn't. They dated and dated and dated. And they're still in the dating mode. Why? Just, I, I, I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure, you know. If I make the commitment, I, I'm not sure what is going to happen. Friends, if I didn't make this commitment to my darling wife, I would have never tasted the joy that comes from a union. See? So if you don't make this special commitment to Jesus and a special surrender, you always are in the mode of, I don't know, maybe... Maybe the next appeal I want to do. Maybe the next appeal. And you go on and on and on. And you will never make the decision. But remember, you get older and older and older. And finally, you don't have the mental power anymore to make the decision. And you're lost. 
But make this commitment, friends. And if you make this commitment and fully give yourself, then you know the joy and the peace that comes from Jesus. And if you don't do it, you will be lost. It's a very serious matter. Very serious matter. And I'm extremely happy in our marriage. Why? Because I venture out and I said, Yes, I should do it. And I tasted the beauty and the peace and the enjoyment that comes from a marriage relationship. But yet there are others that have not, and they are married, and they have never made this commitment. Friends, that they be deplored, very, very sad, sad, sad. And so it is with Jesus. Our only safety, friends, the Savior words to all unruly elements is, Peace be still. And are we not all unruly elements? And though we need to have this Christ saying, peace be still. Christ welcomes all who accept him as their savior and rules over them as their king. Is Christ your savior? Have you accepted them? If not, you will not be saved. Is he the ruler? Is he in control? Are you willing to say, Lord, here I am. Take me. If you don't do it, he will never be a ruler. You rule yourself. Are you with me? And so, our zeal for the advancement of God's kingdom is to mark us as faithful subjects of the cross of Christ. God can trust all as his representatives, those who implicitly obey him. Heavenly Places, page 189. What is the condition for obtaining peace? Come to Christ, just as you are. Weak, helpless, ready to die. Cast yourself wholly upon his mercy. Don't be afraid to take him, because his goal is save you. Not to get you into turmoil and all kinds of... No, save you. There is no difficulty within or without that cannot be conquered in his strength. Our heavenly places. You know, the upward Luke 3.21. Then Christ intervenes. Jesus says to the winds and the waves, to the troubled waters, peace be still. Oh, how many times have we in our experience been in a similar position as were these disciples? How many times has Christ revealed himself to us and turned our sorrow into joy? Letter 5, 18, 67. But you know, you can only enjoy this, this fantastic relationship if you make the commitment. Don't say, oh yeah, you know, I don't know if I make this commitment. Will I really, will I really experience it? Come on, believe what the Lord says. If you cannot even believe him, who can you believe? Nobody. Nobody. With Christ, nothing is impossible. Our divine Lord is equal to any emergency. With him, nothing is impossible. He has shown his grace his great love for us by living a life of self-denial and sacrifice and by dying a death of agony. 
Why did the king of the universe come to us? To be rejected, cursed, you know, terrible. And he didn't need to do it. He could have simply said, let this little spot, that blemish in the universe, let us just eliminate this. No, friends. He came because he loved you so much. Think about it. Think about it. If he loves you so much, and he loves you more than your wife or your husband, does you. Why don't we take him at his word? And some of you here who wrestle with, with, with doubts and, and all kinds of things, and addictions, whether it's alcohol, smoking, sex, covetousness, all kinds of things, financial problems, stealing, lying, all those kind of things. Friends, now is the time to go to Jesus. Come to him and I will give you rest. With Christ, nothing is impossible. Come to Christ just as you are, weak, helpless, ready to die. Cast yourself wholly on his mercy. There is no difficulty within or without that cannot be surmounted in his strength. Not your strength, but his strength. Friends, why should we wait? The longer we wait, the more we miss out in life. I got finally in my 20s, I accepted Jesus, but I heard from him many years earlier. And the only thing that I regret is that I didn't step forward earlier. Because I thought the grass is greener on the other side. But no, there is no grass, there are wicked serpents that will kill you. You have nothing to lose, friends. Now is the time. Don't wait any more longer. Peace be still. Now let me give you some practical examples. Ellen White's experience is stormy weather. It was Tuesday, December 19, 1893, on the steamer Wairarapa. It was in Australia. <coughs> and that is her son, Willie. Willie thought it best for me to go up on deck. He lashed my chair in what I was supposed to be a sheltered place. Three men were sitting very near me who were splashed with the waves of the sea. Willie made another move to get me into the center of the ship and lie down on the long bench for a time. But the wind had worked the waters into a perfect fury. I was lifting my heart to God for Christ, who stilled the tempest to say, Peace be still. Here the prophet cries out, Lord, peace be still. And immediately, all at once, the rainbow spanned the heavens. I could see the sign of God's promise in the bow, in the clouds. And I was resting in confidence in his protecting arms. Manuscript 88, 1893. Here the prophet immediately experienced it. She cries out. Friends, I promise you, if you honestly cry out and you want to be saved from all your addictions, do it. He said, yeah, yeah, but I've tried it so many times. 
Have you really tried it seriously? Call upon the Lord. Here is a letter that Ellen White writes to her son Edson. And you know, if you read the correspondence between Edson and, and uh, you see that he was not an easy guy. He was a problem. But finally, she says here, and she prayed for a hard position for his son, her son. You're in a hard, discouraging field. But the Lord has given you a rich experience of value, not only to yourself, but to many others through you. You are cooperating with God in working out your own salvation. When you cannot see the come out of matters, just trust in God. The storm and the tempest of temptation will sweep away every foundation that is not built on solid rock. And the houses of all who are not doers of the word of God will fail. Remember? Everyone will fail of us unless we go to the rock. Edson, when you feel surrounded with impossibilities, then listen to the voice and said to the white kept billows that talked with death. Peace be still. God is nigh to you. He has given you the very experience which in my great affliction I pray day and night that you might have. God works and you are to cooperate in the work with the divine agency. Letter 88, A, 1895 to Edson Emma from Korengbong, Australia, July 7, 1895. So do you know what she did? She prayed for her son day and night that he will have the difficult experience that he has now. So here are parents that don't pray for relief for their children, but they pray for the difficult times, the hardships, and they came, and she can praise the Lord. And finally her son turns around. And day and night she prayed for him, not for relief, but for difficulties. So maybe we have to adjust our prayers in a different way. Yes, friends. What about our character def de defects? Now we know that if we have continue to have character defects, we will never participate in the latter reign, and we will never continue in heaven. Those who accept Christ as their Savior must accept him as what? King and ruler. Is he your king? Is he a ruler everything in your life? It is the defect in our character which causes us unhappiness. And our lives cannot be brought into harmony with Christ unless these defects are placed under his control. Now, you wouldn't believe when I preach there that I don't have defects. Sure, I have them. Plenty of them. But my only hope is to give them to Jesus. Amen. To put them under his control. And not say, yeah, but I don't know how it's going to work out. Believe. And you will receive release. And here she talks to our people. 
Very little submission to Christ is revealed in the lives of his professed people. The Adventist. He is dishonored by our outburst of passions, which are unreasonable and unholy. Then follows remorse, darkness, and reproach. See? It's a vicious circle. We go back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth. And then we say, yes, uh, the Lord doesn't love me, and I can't do it. Friends, you can. How much we need to be holy and pure. How much need to be to have sense of an abiding Christ who will speak to the soul and saying, peace, be still. Manuscript 73, 1890. Isn't it marvelous what a promise? So friends, this is my appeal. <clears throat> Come to Christ just as you are. How are you? Weak. Who are you? Helpless. Ready to die. You have tried it many, many times. And you are laying in the gutter. And the church is praying for you, but you see no help. Cast yourself wholly upon his mercy. Cast him. Try it. Do it. There is no difficulty within or without that cannot be conquered in his strength. Some have stormy tempers. And here in this congregation, there are people with stormy tempers. But he who calms the stormy sea of Galilee can say to your heart, peace be still. Manuscript 130, 1903. Do you accept now Christ? This is the appeal. Do you accept him as king and ruler? Are you willing to do that? Maybe you have never done it. Are you willing to accept it? And now I want you to close your eyes. Don't look around. But if you want to accept him for the first time as fully king and ruler, can you lift up your hand? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And now, do you want to renew your commitment? And those that, that, that is a renewal of your commitment to Christ as king and ruler over your life. Can I see the hands of those who want to renew their commitment? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And those that have, are making now the first commitment to Christ, may the Lord help you contact one of the elders and we will help you to get on a stronger foundation than ever before. May the Lord help you in a special way. Thank you so much, Heavenly Father, for the time that you have been here with us. Thank you for the Holy Spirit, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Baptizes now each one of us here with the Holy Spirit. And may we gain the victory no matter what. We are weak and powerless, but we know now through your promise that we can make it no matter what. And may Satan not question those things, commitment in, in our life. We thank you so much in Jesus' name and for his sake. Peace be still. Amen.
This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.